Hey, it's the Christmas stocking. I'm Lee Cameron. In a bit, we're going to hear from CJ, who, like me, changed his Christmas climate from when he was a kid. But first, we have to talk about toys. I did an episode on Christmas toys from 1900 to 1950 and thought, well, I'm just going to have to take extra episodes, like two or three to get through the rest of the century. So last episode was toys in the 50s, and this episode, we'll see how far we get. Toys from the 1960s. I want to start with troll dolls because I like them and because they're related to the last episode. They're from Denmark. You know the trolls, those little guys with huge hair holding out their arms. And in the UK, you might know them as a gunk doll. They were created in 1959, but their huge breakout was in the 1960s. I remember them from the 60s and 70s, and as long as you were a kid anywhere until the 1990s, you probably remember those trolls. Trolls are also known as Dam Dolls, D-A-M. Their creator was a Danish fisherman and woodcutter named Thomas Dam. The story goes that Thomas couldn't afford a gift for his little girl, and he carved the doll. I've heard it's a Christmas gift, I've heard it's a birthday gift. When kids in town saw the doll, they wanted one also. Somehow, a plastic version made its way into toy stores, and by 1963, it had crossed the ocean into the United States, called Good Luck Trolls, because of Danish belief that catching a troll in the forest would bring you good luck. Etch-A-Sketch was also introduced in 1960. It was designed to look like an old TV with two knobs on the bottom corners. Turn one, it would create a line going horizontally. Turn the other, the line goes vertically. Turn both, well, that's when things get crazy. It was created by French inventor André Cassagne, and he called it Le Cran Magique, the magic screen. The Ohio Art Company saw the toy once and wasn't interested. I'm not sure what changed, but the second time they went for it, and they still make the toy. I have an Etch-A-Sketch app on my iPhone right now. The Game of Life came out in 1960. It was based on the checkered Game of Life, which was created by Milton Bradley himself. Yeah, there was a real Milton Bradley. He created it way back in 1860. The original was called America's First Parlor Game, and it was the same idea. It's a virtual travel through life with everything that goes with it. A career, or maybe just jobs. Marriage, college, retirement, maybe kids. Reuben Klamer created the modern version, and Art Linkletter's endorsement helped seal its popularity. The Easy Bake Oven originated in 1963 and was a real oven, powered by an incandescent light bulb. Ronald Howes, the inventor, told the story that roasted chestnut vendors in New York inspired him. Since incandescent light bulbs are on the outs, modern Easy Bake Ovens just have a heating element. That seems less fun somehow. By the way, not just a girl's toy, what kid doesn't want to just be able to make cupcakes whenever he feels like it? We first saw G.I. Joe in 1964. More than 400 million have been sold. He was 12 inches tall originally, then shrunk to 8 inches in the 70s, and then retired in 1978. In 1982, he came back even smaller. They should have called him the Atom or Ant-Man. He was 3.75 inches. In the early 1990s, more 12-inch figures were made. The game for Future Surgeons, Operation, arrived in 1965. The prototype was invented by John Spinello, an industrial design student at the University of Illinois. He sold the rights to Milton Bradley for 500 big ones. That's right, $500. The franchise is now worth somewhere around $40 million. 
Spirograph was first sold in 1965. It was kind of like gears turning and you'd use a pencil or pen to make shapes. I wasn't very good at it. I kept slipping. It was originally invented in the late 1800s as a mathematical tool to calculate areas delimited by curves. And it wasn't the first kid's game using gears to draw. There was a thing called the Marvelous Wondergraph in the Sears catalog back in 1908. 1966 saw Twister. It's a Twister! It's a Twister! It sold more than 3 million within its first year, maybe thanks to Ava Gabor playing it with Johnny Carson on Late Night TV. More than 22 million have sold since then. That's despite, or maybe because of, the controversy. You know, some say it puts people in compromising positions, and that's not a good thing. Others thought and think it's a very good thing. The game of Battleship was actually one of those pencil and paper games in the 1930s. We used to make our own in middle school, but you'd reach over and mark the other player's paper yourself. Anyway, the plastic version came out in 1967, from Milton Bradley, of course. Later, it would be one of the first to come out as a computer game. And I haven't looked, do they even make it without at least sound effects and lights? Speaking of lights, remember Lightbright? You put pegs in a light box to create cool designs. It showed up in 1967 and is available in a bunch of forms, including, of course, an iPad app. Hot Wheels debuted in 1968. I thought they were older. Probably because Matchbox cars are. Remember, they came out in the 50s. I talked about them in the last Toys episode. They were Matchbox's big rival, but they are now both made by Mattel. Well, maybe it's an internal rivalry. The cool thing about Hot Wheels is how fast they can go. I love the tracks with the loop-de-loop. -loop. Oh, good grief, I'm done. I only made it through the 60s, and it's not even an exhaustive list. So, next time, the 1970s. Probably next season. Here's a song I liked to bounce to when I was a kid. Foom, foom, foom. That's fun to say. It's Irene Nachreiner in The Christmas Stocking. On this joyful Christmas day, sing foom, foom, foom. On this joyful Christmas day, sing foom, foom, foom. For a blessed babe was born upon this day at break of morn. In a manger poor and lowly lay the Son of God most holy. Foom, foom, foom. Veinticinco de diciembre, foom, foom, foom. Veinticinco de diciembre, foom, foom, foom. Nacido por nuestro amor el niño Dios Hoy de la Virgen María en esta noche tan fría Pum, pum, pum Estrellitas de los cielos, boom, boom, boom. 
Jesus med dig körar i Nojontis Allung prata nåt tjupskola Konkvestalus klaripura In a manger poor and lowly Lay the Son of God most holy Celebrate in song and story All the wonders of His glory Irene Nachreiner and Fum 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 in the Christmas stocking. Turns out she lives just a stone's throw from me. She dropped off the CD. Never had that happen. Find out how to get the album at mychristmasstocking.net, where you can also find the Call Me button, which you can click to Call Me, and wish somebody Merry Christmas, or share your favorite Christmas memory or your favorite Christmas tradition. You can click Call Me, or you can just direct dial 323-487-1225. 323-487-1225. You can also write to me on the contact page. There's a tab at the top you can click. It says Contact. Or just use topelf at mychristmasstocking.net, which I think CJ did. He wrote to me recently. He said, Hey, Lee, Merry Christmas. I live in L.A., grew up in New Jersey. The snow and change of seasons was undeniably awesome, but the length of cold winters drew me to South Florida and then L.A. My family was together every holiday. Celebrations were big, as well as vacations, personal achievements, etc. But Christmas was always the biggest. The house was decorated inside and out, and we bought each other tons of presents. We celebrated with friends and family by hosting dinners, going to Christmas shows, movies, etc., We took sleigh rides, toured neighborhoods to watch Christmas lights, and went to New York for amazing views of the themed store windows. Some of the great things I've done in L.A. for Christmas have been the Hollywood Santa Parade, the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion on Christmas Eve, Big Bear, Feeding the Homeless, Watching the Caroling Christmas Truck in North Hollywood, and horseback riding at the Equestrian Center in Burbank. I do it all now with Stacy, my wife, and her family who all live in L.A. Thanks for lighting up Christmas! CJ. Well, thank you, CJ. I really appreciate you sharing what you do for Christmas. It's funny, I live probably more in the South section than you do, and I haven't done any of those things. I've been to Big Bear, but not at Christmas. And I think I've been to Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. But it is great having family nearby. My wife's family lives here, and it's great sharing the holidays with them. Hey, if you haven't been to the new Zazzle store, Please look at it. It has new merchandise with the Christmas stocking logo. And anything you buy on Zazzle when you start at MyChristmasStocking.net helps the show. And they run sales like all the time. Also, start your Amazon shopping there to help the Christmas stocking. And get it done. It's almost Christmas. I should talk. We're on all the social networks. I never talk about it, but we are on Pinterest. Just look for the Christmas stocking. Uh, Hopefully you'll find it. Hello to Ron in Michigan, Nina and Michelle, who are active on the Christmas Stocking Facebook page, facebook.com slash Stocking, And the retweets really help. I think a lot of people discover the Christmas Stocking on Twitter. Mon at Momnesiac at Fibes1972 and Ann at Ann Yantha. Thank you for doing that. Twitter.com slash Stocking. And we're on Google+. Just click the Google Plus link at MyChristmasStocking.net. In fact, there are links to all the social media at MyChristmasStocking.net. Next time on the Christmas Stocking, tis the season. It really is. The winter solstice is coming up, and it's a big part of Christmas. So we're going to talk about it. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> 